Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T.com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the show. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me today. And I kind of thought, I I felt a little inspired just to maybe do a show today about how amazing you are. And, you know, this has been some trying times that we have had in our country, in our world. And it's kind of oppressive. You know, it, it kind of causes everyone to be a little bit nervous about other people and who they are and who, you know, it's just, it's just kind of a strange time. And so I thought it might be really helpful if we took some time and really really understood the beauty of who you are, how amazing you are, and your uniqueness. And when we think about how long the world has been in existence and how many humans have come and gone, it's, it's unfathomable to me to think that every single person was unique. But that's what God tells us. And he is an artist. And so when I talk to clients, when I remind myself about the comparison game. And I remind myself that how can I compare myself to someone if we are not even the same? There's no comparison. And so there, it only creates some competition. So what I want you to think about, the most important person to compete with is yourself. I want you to compete with yourself. I want you to, to say to yourself, am I being the best version of me? Not comparing yourself to others and saying, oh, well, I'm at least better than that. Or, wow, they're amazing and I suck, right? I mean, you know how we can say that to ourselves. And so this is why it's so important that when we stand before God on that day, he's going to talk to us about us. He's not going to say, hey, didn't you see, you know, John over there? Why didn't you do it as well as he did? He's going to be saying to us, I know who you are. I made you. I know your capacity. I know your capabilities. We are going to talk about whether or not you were the best version of you. How close did you come to acting in a way that I originally designed you to be? Now, I don't know about you, but I love watching you know, shows about different zoos and veterinary clinics all over the nation and because I just love animals. And 
one of the things they are so committed to is making sure they don't cause any of these animals to adapt in a strange manner, to be something that they're not. They are always wanting to preserve the uniqueness of that breed. Well, that's how God feels about us. We're mammals. He made us, and each and every one of us is unique. Every single thing on the earth is unique. Trees, plants, animals, storms, dirt. It's phenomenal. So when you think about how important this is for you to understand that there was a design, that God had a plan, he thought about you. And so he says in Psalms 139, he says, I knew you before you were made. I created you in your mother's womb. How beautifully and wonderfully made you are. Now, I don't know about you, but this has been a tough verse for me to contend with because I, I, I just don't see it all the time. <laughs> I think to myself, you know, God, I don't know what you're, who you're talking to, but I, I get it that you know me. And sometimes I want to say, and I'm sorry about that, right? And I get that you know me and that you created me and you knew me before I was formed. But when you say to me, I'm wonderfully made, I'm beautiful, those are, those are tough things to take in. It, you know, isn't it fascinating how much easier it is for us to take in the negative? How much easier we're willing to believe when someone says something negative about us? But if it's a positive, like what God is saying, that's hard to take in. So we're going to look at Psalms 139 today. And this is, um, this is the New Living Translation. And the first verse of Psalms 139 says, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. I mean, that's enough right there for me to stop. (laughs) Because, wow, he knows everything about me. Everything. There's no hiding from him. He goes on to verse 2. He says, you know when I sit down, when I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You know my thoughts before I think them. That, it, this is phenomenal when you really consider the reality of this, this word. In verse 3, he says, You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. Now get ready for this. You know everything I do. Now, I don't know about you, but that, that brings some, a lot of discomfort to me. <laughs> because, you know, I like, you know, humans need to have privacy. And, and I've done shows on privacy before, and this is one of the ways that we really consequence criminals is they have no privacy. And so this is a tough one. When I read that he sees me, he knows where I travel, he knows when I'm resting at home, and he knows everything I do. Then he goes on to say, he even double downs on us. He, he, he says in, in verse four, he says, you know what I'm going to say even before I say it. That's, that's amazing. This is how well he knows us. And in verse 5, he says, you go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Now think about that. The first four verses I just read to you tells you how well he knows you. Everything you do before you sit, before you stand, everything you think, everything you're going to say before you say it. You know, he knows your thoughts. And then he goes on to say, and I'm placing my hand of blessing on your head. So the psalmist goes on to say, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too great for me to understand. 
I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide from me and the light around me to become night, but even in the darkness I can't hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. Now this is verse 13, and this is, this is just beautiful. He says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. Now again, that verse is tough for me. Thank you for making me so wonderful complex. Well, you know, many times I think I'm a little bit more complicated than I am complex. And so that's a nice thing for God to say about me when I'm having so many paradoxes happen in my life and go on in my mind, right? The psalmist is saying, thank you for, for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. Now, do you think that God's workmanship of you is marvelous? Are you happy with how he made you? Well, many of the people that I work with on a day-to-day basis, that is one of the primary struggles that humans have. We're just not happy with ourselves. We're at war with ourselves. We, we're at conflict with ourselves. And so he goes on to say, You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. What that tells us is how much of an artist God is, that he thought you up. He knew you in his mind, in his heart. He had every day figured out for you before he ever even created you. And so the psalmist is is saying to God, wow, you know me this well and you love me that much. And in verse 17, he says, how precious are your thoughts to me, God. They can't be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you're still with me. And so he says more. He goes on in verse 20. He says, you know, people blaspheme you. Your enemies misuse your name. Oh, Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who despise you? And think about that. What he is saying is, they hate you for what you've done. But he's contending with the fact that God still loves those who hate him. And so he goes on to say, he says, search me, God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. Have you ever done that with God? That's, that's a kind of a big thing to say to God. Hey, God, test me, <laughs> right? Know me. Know my thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path everlasting. So this writer of this Psalms was amazed and overwhelmed by the insight that God gave him just about himself, just himself. How many humans have been made 
since that psalm was written? How many more are going to be created? And how precious and wonderful each person is to God. It is his workmanship. Now, we may not understand it. We may not agree with it. We may not even support it or like it. But you see, this psalms really helps us to understand that there's a creator. We're not it. We're creative. I'm a highly creative person. But I can't create something out of nothing. I don't have that ability. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about you, how beautifully, wonderfully made you are. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm your host, Cynthia Hyatt. Thank you for joining me. And today we are talking about you, and we're talking about what God says about you, and the fact that God can say such wonderful things about you, and He still knows you better than you could ever know yourself. And He is so happy and glad that He made you, even when you disappoint Him and yourself. He doesn't regret making you. No matter how painful you do things in life, and no matter how much he has to watch the struggles that you have or that you have created for yourself. I know I've, I've created a lot of unnecessary struggles for myself, and I'm thankful that God continued to love me and continued to hang in there with me while I figured these things out. So I came across this really amazing site. It's uh, from Christianity.com. It's a Bible commentary. And it's about really what this whole Psalms is saying and what each verse really means. And so I, I love this. So in verse 1, when we looked at this, we had, You searched me, you know me, Lord. What that means, that, that they are wanting us to be really relaxed and excited that if God knew them, right, he's the one that perfects us and makes sure that we be with him forever if we so choose. So it's a cheering thought for us. And in verse 2, he says, you know when I sit down, when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. Now think about this. You know when I sit down and when I rise. What the psalmist is actually saying is, you know everything I do, every moment of every day of my life. And not only that, you know all my thoughts. So this is, that what they're saying here is this is a comfortable truth for us, that your Heavenly Father knows that you need all these different things. And He's making sure that we have what it is that we need. And so we want to make sure that we understand that when he says, I know where you are, I can't, when the psalmist says, I know that you search me, you find me, and I can't flee from your presence. What the psalmist is really saying is, every minute is observed, even the comparatively unimportant ones. And that he's taking note of our thoughts and the motives behind them. Because the, the psalmist is saying, please understand my thoughts. And really what he's trying to say is my thoughts don't always end up in actions. 
or sometimes my actions are not really what I wanted, what I was thinking. And so I'm not really happy with, with what I've done. And so God is taking notice of the thoughts and the motives behind them. This is how he knows us. And so he's actually really estimating every word at the instant of its utterance. Because he's saying that there is no word that you don't know. And this is why we want to make sure that when we think about words, and we've done, a sh- we've done shows on this about how God created the world with a word. He spoke it into existence. That it's important that we're careful of our words and that we make sure that we understand, hey, what are we really, what are we really doing here? So we want to think about this idea. We have this in verse 4. It says, before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. So this is where God is saying, the words on my tongue are numerous, but you know them all. Every word I've spoken. And you know the meaning. And you know my intentions behind it. And so God perfectly knows the imperfect man. And this is where it's important that we understand how deep and wide his love is for us. That this is the God that loves us. And when we go down to verse 9, it says, If I rise on the wings of dawn, I settle on the far side of the sea. Even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. So what he's saying is that the security and the encouragement is there for us. And that God sees us whether it's dark or whether it's light. And, and when it says, I'm fearfully, wonderfully made, what, what the psalmist is saying, in my primitive integrity, in my deplorable depravity, in my need for regeneration, you still say I'm fearfully, wonderfully made. You know me. And God has thoughts of us. Verse 17 tells us that he thinks about us. And he says, how precious to me are your thoughts. God, how vast the sum of them. So when he thinks about us, right? He's saying that he's delighted. He thinks consoling thoughts toward us. He wants to strengthen our faith. When we talk to him, his love is even more aroused by him wanting to embrace us, wanting to love us. So let's really think about this. Verses 23 and 24, right? It says, search me, God, know me, test me, know my anxious thoughts, and see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, I, I think if I were the psalmist, I would have said, God, you know, Maybe you could search me, but could you give me a a heads up before you're going to do it so I could kind of pull things together, right? And I'd be worried if he was going to test me. And when the psalmist says, see if there's any offensive way in me, I know there is. I know there is. I don't need him necessarily to always point it out. Except, I don't know about you, but maybe you've experienced this before, where I found out that maybe even though my intentions were great, my behavior wasn't. Or my delivery wasn't what it should have been. Or the timing of it. 
So he says, see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So the, the psalmist here is saying, lead me. I'm submitting to this. I don't see the way all the time. I need help seeing the way. And this is, this is important to us as we understand that God has a unique design for every human made. And in the uniqueness of each of those humans, well, that life is going to be unique. Every single person has a story. Every life is unique. And, and every time we look at someone's life and we start to hear their story, aren't you amazed at all the different things that a person has done and thought and experienced? And what God is saying here is, I'm in every single one of them. And I'm going to lead you if you will let me. I know how to get you to the end. I know how to get you through all these things. Because life truly is a journey. Now, we may not be physically feeling like we're, we're doing a journey. But every day that we wake up, we have a new day we have to contend with. And we journey through that day. And we can't go back and redo the day. Once the day is over, it's done. So when you think about the life that God has given us, and that we are, we, every minute is an offer of life. Every minute. And every minute shows up for you. Whether you live it well or not. Every day shows up for you, whether you live it well or not. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me as we talk more about how beautifully wonderfully made you are. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thanks for joining me today. And have a blessed Sunday. And, uh, you know, we're going toward Christmas and I want you to really understand, as we look at this, this whole Psalms 139, really about how God thinks of us and what he thinks about us and how glad he is that he made us still. Still, he's very, very glad that he made us. And so it's about this uniqueness that we are really understanding. So I did a little bit of research. And, you know, we all know that everyone's fingerprint is unique to them. I, I still am staggered by that, that not one fingerprint is the same, that fingerprints are unique. And that means that no one else in the world has the exact same set of ridges and lines that you have on your fingers. Not even identical twins have the same fingerprints. Now, I thought that was really fascinating. See, because these fingerprints, they're called latent fingerprints, they usually can't be seen by the naked eye. But how do we know fingerprints are unique? And so this, this was fascinating to me. When they figured out how fingerprints were made, this is, this is really, it really this, this was kind of one of those mind-blowing moments for me. As the fetus moves in the womb, that little baby, their fingers rub against the side of the womb. And these tiny forces push the skin as it grows. And together, they mold the direction of the growing ridges. 
And the result is this unique fingerprint unlike anyone else's. I mean, really think about that. That when you're in the womb, you're already making your presence known to the world. You're putting your fingerprint on the inside of your mother's womb. And you are coming out with a unique fingerprint that nobody else is going to have. And it has a story in and of itself of what it was like when you were being formed. I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I, I thought, okay, I think I'm done. I don't think I need to read anymore. I, this is, gives me so much to think about. I can't stand it. It's making my head hurt. So when you really think about this, then we come to find that, you know, th- there really is that idea of, but how can everyone be unique? How can there be truly no repetition? Well, what we find is that every single person is truly a unique puzzle. It's composed of pieces of personality, life experiences, knowledge, and emotions. So every person has their own perspective and worldview. Now, I don't know if you've noticed that, but if you've ever played those games where, you know, everybody, you know, goes through, through a certain situation and then explain what happens... And, and people all explain it completely different. And this is where we find out that everyone's perception of their world and their worldview and how they experience the world is, is very unique to them. And so part of their perspective as it goes through life is th- it's fueled by the way they've experienced and navigated the world. So regardless of the exact path one's life has taken, the journey leaves its mark on the person and shapes the way they interact with the world today. So this is what you want to think about. When, you, when we talked about, you know, how our fingerprints are created in our mother's womb by us pushing against it and it creating ridges and lines in our fingers, what we are also finding out is that All this journey in life marks us as well. So I know that you have experienced a certain moment with someone, and you both come away having a different idea and perspective of what just occurred. This is why eyewitnesses aren't very reliable, because they are trying to give an idea of all the facts when really what they're usually talking about is also their experience, how they perceive those facts. And it's very unique to each person. So this is what, this is truly what makes you unique in this world. Is that you have personality, life experiences, knowledge, emotions, and then the way that you personally integrate that information and what your interpretation of it is and how it affects you. I know that I am more affected by certain things than my husband is, but I know that my husband gets more affected by things I don't, that don't affect me that much. That is about the uniqueness of how we're made. I've had many, many pets throughout my life. Every single one of them is unique, even if they're the same breed and look exactly the same from the outside. Their personality, their life experience, maybe their intelligence or lack of it, right, affects who they are. So this is Cynthia Hyatt 
We're coming to the last segment, and I want you to stick with me as we talk about each of these different things that shape our perspective and our unique personalities. Well, good afternoon and happy Sunday to you. This is Cynthia Hyatt. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia, and thank you always for your presence on social media and just kind of letting me know what you like, what helps, and if you ever have something you would like me to do some research on and talk about or explain, always you can contact me through Facebook, LinkedIn, certainly uh, Instagram, and, and all the different social media platforms that we have. You can also go to my website, and you can just email me something. So we're talking today about how fearfully, how beautifully, wonderfully made you are, and what it really means to consider that every single human is unique. And we left off in that last segment talking about fingerprints. And I was astounded when I did a little research on them to find out that identical twins are identical in every way except their fingerprints. And the reason for this is that the way that fingerprints are formed. See, I just thought fingerprints came with you. But actually, the fingerprints that each of us have is a result of those little hands in their mother's womb pressing against the womb. And as those hands push, it makes ridges and lines in the fingers. And so it's their fingerprint even on their mother's womb, on the inside. Now, Now it makes sense even more why women are so compelled by their babies, that they were even imprinted by their own babies while they were in the womb. And how amazing this is, that those fingerprints are unique to each person, even if we have identical twins. It's their mark on the world and how the world already began to mark them. So when we think about the uniqueness and that every single person is unique, and it's a a puzzle that's composed of all kinds of different pieces of personality, life experiences, knowledge, emotions, gender, all these different things, where you grew up, what nation, what country, what, what, what era you grew up in, whether it was, you know, the 1800s, or the 1960s, the, you know, 2000, or it, whatever it was, these qualities make every person unique. And interesting individuals can be honed, improved upon, and made to grow as we continue on our life's journey. We can become the best version of ourself. And when you think about that, that's really what God is saying. He goes, I'm not going to judge you by comparing. You're going to stand before me one day and we're going to talk about how close to the original design you came. How far away from my original intention did you go? How much did you commit to my original design? And how much did you try to change it? How much did you think you were going to improve on it? And so the things that make you unique in this world is first your personality. So an individual's personality, it's something that's molded from the moment that they're born right through to the present time. Every good and bad experience, every triumph and failure, every moment of strength and weakness, every bit of knowledge and wisdom 
these things guide us in how we move through our world, how we are affected and what we perceive, the judgment that we make about it. This is why when we've done studies about the fetus in the mother's womb, they're already determining in some ways what the world is going to be for them by their experience in their mother's womb. So here's how we understand that no one's going to make the same choices that you make. Your personality is completely unique to your own. It's a bunch of moving parts. And what happens then is we have your attitude, and your attitude dictates how you perceive life and the actions of those around you. And we can change our attitude. But there still is going to be an attitude in many ways that we're born with. I mean, I'm sure you know some people that just are naturally positive. They don't know why. It's not necessarily always a choice. And we have some people that are naturally negative. doesn't mean that they're mean or nasty or any of those things. It just means that they have a tendency to orient toward what may be wrong in order to make it right, where maybe people that have more positivity always are looking at everything that's right and wanting to ignore what's wrong. So it doesn't mean that the, the uh, orientation is good or bad. It has everything to do with the motives. See, the truth that people with a positive attitude, they, they tend to shy away from those with more neutral or negative attitudes. And the, your attitude is something that's formed by your emotional landscape. So you can make an active choice to craft your attitude into something better, more conducive to a more successful person. But you don't ever have to feel guilty that your, your initial attitude is one that thinks maybe of the worst case scenario before it will ever entertain the best case. So it has everything to do with how I present myself to the world, how responsible I am with the way that God made me. So what's another thing that shapes your personality? Well, your experiences. So a person's past and future experiences, without a doubt, have the greatest influence on shaping who they are as a unique individual. Every experience helps us determine how we end up interacting with the world and the other people in it. So many times we find that people with negative experiences might find themselves feeling anxious and defensive when faced with situations similar to those that got them hurt originally. And they might try to avoid anything that reminds them of that. And so these negative experiences have a tendency to shape our personality, the way we perceive the world and who we are in it. Now, that does not mean that everybody that has negative experiences becomes a negative person. That, in and of itself, is a choice. And we, we've had shows on that before where we know that happiness truly is a choice. We can be happy, but we also can be sad at the same time. So we can entertain competing feelings. So we can choose to find the good in something, even if it's a terrible situation. That doesn't negate the fact that it's terrible. It means we're working toward overcoming and rising above. So as people seek out positive experiences, it helps them improve their understanding of the world and the people in it. But it doesn't mean that you're condemned or held hostage by your experiences. See, certain negative experiences, if we, if we do them correctly give us depth as a person, maybe give us more compassion, more understanding. Maybe we'll make better decisions because of that negative experience. Maybe we, we don't act so naively. 
See, and I, I tell clients every day, you know, I'm not naive, but I am certainly innocent in a lot of ways. But I don't need to stay naive. I'm a, I'm a grown adult. That's not safe for me. But I can still be positive. I can still see the best. I can still hope for the best. And I can recognize that I also have the ability to handle the negative things that happen in life. And that they don't have to change who I am as a person. So your habits, they also really affect your personality. Like if you think of your personality, your soul, your identity, as you know, I've talked about this before, you know, maybe many of you remember Silly Putty. And it was that that really crazy stuff that was inside that hard shelled egg. And you could open up the egg and pull the Silly Putty out and it would change shapes. And you could pull it apart and push it back together. And if you lost a piece of it, you could go get it and stick it back with the rest of it. And it, it, it was an amazing kind of thing. And so I talked to people about, you know, that's kind of an, a great example of who we are. Inside, we have kind of silly putty that the world affects and mars and, and shapes. And, and we twist ourselves into so many different configurations, trying maybe to fit in our world or fit in our current relationship or try to get our needs met in any one way or not. And so what you want to think about is forming good habits helps to strengthen that internal world, that we manage the external world much better. So think about habits. And habits have a tendency to also shape our personality. And they help us also to make better decisions. So forming habits, such as reading, meditating, exercising, trying new things, being willing to be a positive thinker, not like Pollyanna, because that's just not real, but really being someone that says, you know what, I'm going to continue to look at the positives because it strengthens my internal world. It strengthens my personality, which helps me to not be as affected by negativity. Because there's a lot of hard things that are going on right now, and we don't want that, that, that overall feeling that we have in our country right now, that, that kind of just malaise, that kind of anger and fear and all these kinds of things. We don't want that to change who we are. We don't want to integrate all of those negative things and have it change our personality. It doesn't mean that we don't pretend that it isn't happening. But we want to be people of integrity and inner strength and wisdom that is better able to navigate through times like this. So we form these healthy habits. And Carl Jung, he's a great therapist, psychiatrist, author, um, very famous. And he says, you know, you are what you do, not what you say you'll do. So he was really talking about words largely speak to how our actions and habits determine the person we've become. So we can say a lot of things. It's not hard to speak. It is hard sometimes to do. So what I'm always talking to clients about and reminding myself is I want my actions, my thoughts, my habits, my words to match who I think God has created me to be. And if they don't, then I need to take responsibility for them, change them, turn from it, 
ask for forgiveness, whatever it is that I need to do. Because I can decide the type of person that, that I'm going to be, the version that I'm going to be. So God is, has made me. There are things I can't change. But he's also given me free will, so I can decide the version of me. So am I going to live out of the weakest parts of myself, or am I going to take advantage of the strengths that God gave me? Am I going to have a positive impact on the world around me, or am I going to be the one that everybody has to get over? Am I going to be the person that everyone has to go to therapy because of me? I decide these things. I don't change my eye color. I can't change how tall I am. I can't change the day I was born, so I can't change my age. But I can continue to adapt and be closer to the original idea God had when he designed me, when he created me, when he decided to place me in time. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. I'm so glad that you joined me today. And I just want to remind you that God is so happy he created you. He doesn't regret it. And he knows who you are. He knows when you sit down. He knows when you stand up. He sees when you're traveling. He knows everything you do. He knows what you're going to say before you say it. And he says that he goes before you. And he's going to be with you. And he'll never leave you and never forsake you. So don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. This is Cynthia I with Conversations with Cynthia. Have a blessed week. And I'll talk to you next Sunday. Bye-bye. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from her website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version. Be-